Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is your brother Hussein Kamani. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please donate to Qalam by visiting supportqalam.com. We love being able to share this content for free, and your donation ensures we are always able to do so. Each podcast we produce has thousands of listeners, so the opportunity for gaining immense reward by supporting our efforts is endless. You never know who will be able to benefit from your donation. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept and jazakumullahu khairan. Assalamu alaikum. Tajir al-Saduq al-Ameen. The Tajir that is truthful and honest. Ma'an-Nabiyyin, wa-Siddiqeen, wa-Shuhada' al-Salihin will be standing with the Prophets on the Day of Judgment. The one that is truthful and trustworthy. They will stand next to who? Who did I say? The Prophets, Nabiyyin, wa-Siddiqeen, and the Siddiq. And these are like, you know, it's a maqam underneath the Anbiya, but above the Shuhada. Above the, above the martyrs. وَشْيُهَذَا And the martyrs. وَالصَّالِحِينَ And they will be standing next to the pious and righteous people. The Prophet ﷺ said in one riwayah, الْكَاسِبُ حَبِيبُ اللَّهِ The one who earns with his hands and works, puts the blood and sweat into it. That person is the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet ﷺ saw one person that was begging on the street and he was young. He said to that person, it is better for you to carry wood on your back than to be begging. You're a young man, go and earn some money. What are you doing sitting here begging? Earn your risk, earn it through a halal way. Don't cheat and deceive. When the Prophet ﷺ saw people cheating, he became very angry. For example, the, Prophet, the hadith of Sahih Muslim, famous one. The Prophet ﷺ one day came to the market and he saw a man that was selling dates. And on this table in front of him, he had this little heap of dates. The Prophet ﷺ saw the dates from outside, they looked perfect. But what did the Prophet do? He took his hand and he, he put it inside the pile. When he put his hand inside the pile, in the middle at the bottom, what did he feel there? Some dampness, some wetness. The Prophet ﷺ immediately said, these are damaged dates in the middle. Why do you have them hidden? Why don't you have them on the outside? The Prophet asked, where did this, where did this dampness come from? He explained in one riwayah, it came from some rain in the past. The Prophet ﷺ then said that, and, you know, if you have a damaged product, display it. Sell it at a less product price. But don't cheat people. And the Prophet ﷺ said that, why did you not put the rain-damaged food on top so that people could see it? And then he said, مَنْ غَشَّنَا فَلَيْسَ minna. The one who deceives us and cheats us is not from us. That person is not from us. <clears throat> There's nothing wrong with selling a broken product, by the way. Do you guys understand this? I can sell a house that's damaged. I can sell a car that's damaged. I can sell a cell phone that's damaged. But what's my responsibility? What was that, sorry? Disclose it. Disclose the information. Look, this house has this problem. That's why you're getting it for cheap. It's not a steal, right? You're not just getting it for cheap because I'm a fool. But rather it's because there's this damage involved, this is the cost that it will take to fix the damage. I'm giving you a bonus on top of that, this is a good deal for you. Do you want it? Take it. You don't want it? Leave it. These people were known for cheating, the people of Shu'aib salam. They said to Shu'aib salam that we have no respect for you. They openly said this to Shu'aib salam. And the reason why they had no respect for Shu'aib salam was, number one, he wasn't a wealthy person. He wasn't as wealthy as they were. These people were very wealthy. Cheating will get you there, by the way. Cheating will get you there. If you cheat, 
you'll, get, you'll become wealthy. You know, you want to become wealthy, become a drug dealer. You'll become really wealthy. You want to cheat, you want to make wealth, go and sell some booze, you'll make money. You want to become wealthy, go sell prostitution, you'll become wealthy. These are ways that to make, become wealthy. And it's not like the pathways of getting wealthy are limited. There are many pathways. But what is it that you're willing to sacrifice and what are you willing to stand for? How much of your wealth are you willing to sell to the dunya? The Prophet said, how much of yourself are you willing to sell to the, sell to the dunya just for a little money in return? The Prophet wasallam said, for every nation there is a there is a grand, a great test. And the test and temptation of my ummah will be wealth. How far people will go to earn an extra dollar. Shaib wasn't a wealthy person. And just like in our community, people who aren't wealthy, many a times the wealthy people look down upon them. Not all wealthy people, by the way. Alhamdulillah, there are some wealthy folks in the community. They're so wealthy, you can't even tell they're wealthy. They don't show off. They don't go around telling people how much wealth they have. They're very humble. But then there are some that will make it a point to show the world they're wealthy. And those who don't have wealth, they'll make them feel very uncomfortable. That you're not wealthy like I am. You don't have a new car. You don't have this. You don't have that. They'll constantly keep rubbing it. So this was one reason why these people look down upon <clears throat> Sayyidina Shu'ayb In our community as well, this is a common um, misunderstanding. And Allah protect us and forgive us for the disrespect we show to the deen sometimes, this deen that belongs to Allah unknowingly. People assume that those people who dedicate their life for this deen will always be poor and will have no future in the world. You send your kids to study the deen, that must mean that they flunked out of school. You send your children to study Islam, do you really not care about the future? Do you not want them to, for, for them to be prosperous? I remember one day my mother, rahimahullah, she called me and she said to me that, Hussein, someone said today that since you're studying the deen, tomorrow you'll be a poor person, that you won't have a future. And I thought to myself, subhanAllah, the shayateen are not only from the jinn, they also manifest themselves in the form of shayateen al-insi wal jinn. They come in the form of insan as well. That's shaitan's job To warn people that by doing a good thing You'll become poor That's shaitan's tactic Literally shaitan 101 The Quran said it What shaitan does is When you do something good He warns you Hey, if you do this good thing You're not going to be wealthy If you pray salah while you're at work You're going to miss a sale Don't pray salah If you go for hajj You're going to miss business for three weeks don't, do, don't, don't go for hajj Hey, if you fast You're not going to be on your A game You won't gain enough money Guess giving zakat sound like a good idea, you're losing wealth. Shaitan will constantly tell you, hey, if you go in the feast of you go in the path of Allah, you're losing money. You go to study the deen, you're losing money. So every time you think of a good cause, what does shaitan do to you immediately? He dumps in your mind the filth that the Quran very openly exposes him to. Honesty doesn't pay. That's what shaitan will tell you. Sincerity doesn't pay. You know, being religious doesn't pay. So why would you really want to do this? What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promise you though? Wallahu ya'idukum maghfiratan minhu wa fadla. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises you His forgiveness for your honesty, for your sacrifices. Wa fadla and His favor as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can give to whoever He wishes without any limits at all. 
So these people looked down upon Sayyidina Shu'ayb because he was not a wealthy person, number one. The second thing was, Shu'ayb was an open advocate against their oppression and always causing some commotion amongst people. He wasn't willing to remain silent. He spoke. Now when you think about this idea of financial corruption, does that sound like a direct religious violation? I mean it is, I agree with you, but think about it, think about it for a moment. Are we talking about like, you know, doing shirk? No. Are we talking about breaking down masajid? No. Burning Qur'ans? No. I mean, someone could think for a moment that, you know, financial violations and violations in the commerce is something indirectly connected to Islam. But what we learn from this is no, not at all. When people lose honesty in their mu'ashara, when their marriages break apart like what was happening in Lut alayhi people, the family structure breaks down, or when the financial structure breaks down like what happened with Shraib alayhi people, Humanity will be at loss. We need to make sure that families are safeguarded and their sources of income are safeguarded. Because when you secure, secure those, these two things, now people can focus on their purpose of creation. When Allah gives you peace and safety in your life, now it's time for you to focus. Focus on ibadah. Go to the masjid every day. You know, read some Qur'an daily because that's your responsibility. Shu'ayb salam wasn't giving in. Now these people, they began to think that maybe the reason why Shu'ayb salam is raising such a ruckus about our financial dealings is because maybe he wants a little on the side. What do they think about him? Maybe he wants a little payout. And when they came to Shu'ayb salam with this claim, can you imagine how offended he must have been? That you think I'm here for a payout? You think I want to be a part of your corruption? وَمَا أَسْأَلُكُمْ عَلَيْهِ مِنْ أَجْرِ إِذْ قَالَ لَهُمْ شَعِيبَنَا لَا تَتَّقُونَ إِنِّي لَكُمْ رَسُولٌ أَمِينٌ وَمَا أَسْأَلُكُمْ عَلَيْهِ مِنْ أَجْرِ He said very openly to them, I don't want any compensation from you. إِنْ أَجْرِيَ إِلَّا عَلَىٰ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ My compensation lies solely and only with Allah. That's why the scholars, they say, if possible, listen carefully, if possible, it is suitable that the du'at, those who involve in da'wah, should not rely solely on the wealth of the community. That way they have some independency as well. They're not constantly dependent on others. People may think the reason why you do what you do is because you want a little side cash. But when you are financially independent, when you have your own tijara going, you have your own business on the side, and alhamdulillah, you're able to now to focus and do the work of da'wah, Solely because of what it is for the ajr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the barakah that comes out of that is unique. That's why you'll see some of the greatest scholars in Islamic history, <clears throat> be it Imam Hanifa rahmatullahi alayhi, Imam al-Ghazali rahmatullahi alayhi, Shaykh Abdul Qadir Jilani rahmatullahi alayhi, be it, I mean there's too many to name. Many of these people had tijara and business running on the side. Now let me tell you one thing, the tricky part here is, when you do tijara and business on the side and try to do da'wah as well, most times what happens, the, the business takes up too much time and your da'wah becomes ineffective. That's why some scholars have said it's completely okay to take wages from the community, take a wage from the community, for scholars to take wages from the community to do da'wah work that way, they can give it their undivided attention. The proper model is this, and this is ideal, it's not perfect, the world isn't perfect, but this is an ideal scenario, is what the Prophet did. The Prophet did bay'ah in tijara himself. 
بعد النبوة he only did it through وكالة after prophethood after the Prophet ﷺ received revelation he was never seen in the market buying and selling himself he didn't do it anymore because now he had a greater responsibility every minute spent doing that doing tijara trade is a minute away from da'wah and his goal is to do da'wah so what the Prophet ﷺ did now was through trustworthy people he did business what you might call like a partnership people who understood the value of his work and we need people like this in the community who understood the value of the work the scholars do and they say to those scholars if you have some money you give it to me I'll invest it I'll add it with my money I will make profit on your money and give it back to you you continue doing your da'wah so the money is bringing back money for that scholarly person it's not just a free handout it's money on money not riba money on money but you guys get what I'm trying to say they're making money in, as a return of their as, as, in return of their investment but at the same time now this person can dedicate because if we as a community don't find a proper solution of financially making our imams and community leaders independent we and we and we take their their ability away by making them work and we're wasting them by making them work three four jobs it's us and it's we as a community that will lose out we will be the ones that lose out it's very 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 important that we as a community take the responsibility by Allah the imams that you have today if they were to leave you tomorrow because they had to provide for their family the community would cry who's going to who's going to now counsel my child who will be that influence who will teach hadith who will teach quran but while those imams are amongst you nobody has any concerns about their welfare what comes out for them what they do and that's why our teacher he used to always say that this pathway of serving the deen is a rough one because not everyone will understand the sacrifices that you make and what you what you have to go through but know that your reward is always with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in ajriya illa ala rabbil alamin ashraib alayhi salam now shuaib alayhi salam was a very eloquent speaker he was uh, well spoken the mufassirun right regarding shuaib alayhi salam that he was fasih baligh he was a fasih baligh mukarrar Muqarrar, sorry. He was a great speaker. He was known for his husnul khitaba, eloquence. He was given the title Khatibul Anbiya. That's a big title, by the way. That's a massive title. Khatibul Anbiya. This person was the orator amongst the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in quite detail the conversations that Shuaib had with his people. If you just look at the language that Shuaib uses and how he addresses them, there's so much to learn. I'll give you a few quick examples. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِلَىٰ مَدْيَنَ أَخَاهُمْ شُعِيبًا And to the people of Madian was sent their brother Shuaib قَالَ يَا قَوْمِ عَبُدُ اللَّهِ مَا لَكُمْ مِنْ إِلَٰهٍ غَيْرُهُ O my people, worship Allah. There is not for you other than Him any Lord. قَدْ جَاءَتْكُمْ بَيْكِنَةٌ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ From your Lord, clear signs and proofs have arrived. خَاطَبَ الشُعِيبِ قَوْمَهُ بِقَوْلِهِ يَا قَوْمِ طَلَطُفًا بِهِمْ وَتَذْكِيرًا لَهُمْ بِأَنَّهُمْ قَوْمُهُ وَأَنَّهُ أَخُوهُمْ فِي النَّسَبِ وَالْقَرَابَ why is he saying, Ya Qawm? To show his love, his mercy, his kindness to them. 
Like a father says to his child, my dear son. Like a mother speaks to her child, she says, my dear beloved, my dear son. Showing that she cares. That my message isn't coming from a place of distance, from where I don't know you, I have no relationship with you. I'm one of you. Your problems are my problems. Your concerns are my concerns. My son, if you don't listen to me, you will be hurt and I will be hurt too. How can I as a mother sleep at peace knowing that you're in pain? How can I sleep at peace knowing that you're in harm's way? This is the the talatufan, the, the mercy that Shaib alayhi salam is expressing. And he's also highlighting that he is actually their brother. We're from the same family. Aren't we one family? Aren't we all related? Shaib alayhi salam, he highlights this just by mentioning the statement, um, Ya Qawm. Similarly, he says to them, Clear signs from Allah have come. It's not just a matter of you take my word. If it was my word versus your word, I would hope you would take my word because I'm a trusted person from the community. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent you signs. So here he's presenting an aqli dalil. A dalil, a proof that a human being themselves can observe. There's no denying of observational proofs, things that can be seen. This is clear, you've, you've interacted with the sign of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Similarly, um, Shaib alayhi salam, he mentions to them, he uses this idea of targhib and tarheeb. He really weighs this in in his da'wah. You'll see this through the verses. Targhib means he gives them virtues, fadail a'mal. He mentions virtues to them, the benefit of doing good. And then at the same time, he gives them tarheeb. Like for example, right now, I said to you guys, that if you support your imams, they'll be able to work with more sincerity in the community. That's what we call targhib. If we don't support them, they may, they may leave the community to go and provide for their family because that's their primary obligation, providing for their wife and their kids. And when they leave, there will be no one to guide you. That's what we call tarheeb. So encouragements and warnings. Shreyb alayhi salam utilizes both. He says, This is tarheeb. That don't you remember that you were few and Allah made you abundant? You were little. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you so much. Barakallahu fi naslikum. He increased you in your progeny. As the Mufassirun explain all this. And then in the next part, وَنْظُرُوا كَيْفَ كَانَ عَاقِبَةُ الْمُفْسِدِينَ Tarheeb right away. The way he matches them together. Right? He starts off by saying, remember Allah's favor. You were few and He gave you so much. And then right away after that He says, and look at the... The result, look at, look at the outcome, aqiba. Look at the outcome of the people who were al-mufsideen, those who spread corruption. Similarly, we see um, Shaib alayhi salam, he uses tarheeb as well, and tarheeb. This time he flips it over. So in this example I just shared with you right now, he gave glad tidings first and then he gave a warning. The next example, what he's going to do is give the warning first and then give the glad tidings. This is also fasaha. You flip it over. Sometimes you present it in one way, and then sometimes what do you do? You flip it over. Now he mentions the warning first. He says, "Ya qawmi la yajrimannakum shiqaqi an yusibakum mithlu ma asaba qawma Nuhin aw qawma Hudin aw qawma Salih wa ma qawma Lutin minkum bi ba'id." Oh my people, don't you see what happened to the nations before? You guys know the story of Nuh alayhi salam. You guys know the story of Hud alayhi salam, of Salih alayhi salam. You know the people of Lut alayhi salam. Now notice here, he mentioned the three Arab, he mentioned two of the four Arab prophets. He mentioned Hud alayhi salam and also Salih alayhi salam. Lut alayhi salam's people were very nearby. Nuh alayhi salam's story was known because he was after Adam alayhi salam. So he mentions this, this is a warning. They did not take heed to Allah's message. Look what happened to them. 
Then after that, he then closes off with some targhib, some sweetness, some virtue, encouragement. He says, وَاسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ ثُمَّ تُوبُوا إِلَيْهِ إِنَّ رَبِّي رَحِيمٌ وَدُودٌ That if you made mistakes, don't think Allah's doors are closed on you. If you've cheated, if you've deceived people, don't think Allah's doors are closed on you. Repent to Him. وَاسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ ثُمَّ تُوبُوا إِلَيْهِ And then turn to Him sincerely. إِنَّ رَبِّي رَحِيمٌ Indeed, my Lord is merciful. Wadud. My Lord is one. My Lord is one who loves. My Lord loves His creation. He's the one of love. You come to Allah, Allah will forgive you. Now one thing I want to make clear, if your sin involves deceiving other people, forgiveness is contingent on their forgiveness. Samjit, you guys understand? If I steal $10 from someone, I can't just ask Allah for forgiveness, and that's the end of it. My forgiveness is contingent upon me returning the $10 to the person I took it from. Then my forgiveness comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you borrow money from someone, you have to give it back to them. If you say something bad to someone, you have to ask them for forgiveness. This is what we call حقوق العباد. حقوق العباد, the rights of mankind, are not forgiven by simply asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. Similarly, we see um, Shaib alayhi salam in another place when addressing his people, he says to them, إِنِّي أَرَاكُمْ بِخَيْرٍ that when I look at you, my dear friends, inni arakum bikhairin that I see you people, you're living a plush life. Don't you see all the blessings of Allah? You have nice houses, you have beautiful families, you have so much around you, such a blessing of Allah. Right? But this blessing of Allah comes with a responsibility, and you guys right now are outright violating that responsibility. You're cheating. And then he warns them. Yes, my Lord is Rahimun Wadud, as we just mentioned. But my Lord also knows how to punish criminals. My Lord knows how to deal with criminals too. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran teaches us how Shaib alayhi salam spoke with his people. He teaches them that, oh my people, Qalilul Halal Khairum min Kathir al Haram. Having little that's halal is better than having a lot that is haram. He says, Oh my friends, whatever Allah has given you, is better for you. If you are believers, don't become hungry for wealth. Shaib makes it very clear. The only reason why I'm saying this is because I have no interest in your money. It's not that I'm going to be punished for your sin. The only reason why I want this is so that we can fix society, we can fix humanity, so we can fix our community. We have to stop this cheating. In uridu illa islaha mastatat. I'm just doing the best I can. I'm just trying to find peace. I'm trying to find a fix islah. I'm trying to fix the situation, the broken system. Mastatat to the best of my ability. And then he talks about himself. Warazakani minhurisqan hasana. My Lord has given me a lot of risk. He's given me a beautiful risk. A risk that I'm happy with. I'm not hungry and greedy like you are. Similarly, He warns them that, Oh my people, if you do not take heed of this message of mine, the punishment of Allah will come. You think I'm a liar? Very soon you'll find out who's a liar. Wait for God's punishment, for indeed I wait with you too. The people of Shaib he was such an intelligent speaker, so convincing, that
that a point came where they were no longer able to keep up with his logic. They weren't able to match him. They weren't able to outdo him. They weren't able to outspeak him. And when someone counters you and provides reasoning that you cannot deal with, what ends up happening most times is people become violent. What happens, guys? They become violent, like they did with the Prophet When someone tells you that, hey, you're wrong because of this reason, people start shouting, start getting very angry, start throwing stuff and hitting people. And this is what happened. The group of people who had pride from his people said, We will kick you out of the city and the people who believe in you too. Or you become one of us. Or you become one of us. And then they threatened Shu'ib They said to him that uh, we will stone you. We will stone you. Um, had the people, because Shu'ib had a small group of people, his family and some people who were his supporters. They said, Had you not had the support, we would have stoned you by now. We would have destroyed you. Similarly, they would make fun of Shu'ib right? They said, is your religion going to make you wealthy? Is your religion and your salah saying that this is all better, honesty is better than what we found our forefathers doing? We cheat because we found them cheating. Which is a lesson by the way. Today if you cheat tomorrow, what will your kids do? They will cheat as well. Today you sell liquor and alcohol, tomorrow what will your kids do? They'll sell it too. They mocked Shaib This statement has uh, a lot of mockery involved in it. They went so far that they started calling Shaib foul names. They started calling him crazy man. An honorable man from his people with only one concern which was, which, was, which was for them to be honest. These people started calling him crazy. And this is what happens. In a society that's corrupt, when some people say we will not give into that corruption, I won't deal in interest. I'll live in an apartment if I have to, but I won't buy a house on interest. The world starts saying this person's cuckoo, this person's crazy. They really just don't get it. What a failure in life. When you make it clear that I won't compromise my position, I won't give in to your standards, I won't do it. I won't give bribery. If that means I live a small life, then I live a small life. These people, they said, إِنَّمَا أَنْتَ مِنَ الْمُسَحَّرِينَ You are someone who magic has occurred on. وَمَا أَنْتَ إِلَّا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُنَا You are not but a human like us. وَإِنَّ ذُنُّكَ لَمِنَ الْكَاذِبِينَ And we view you to be a liar. فَأَسْقِطْ عَلَيْنَا كِسَفًا مِنَ السَّمَاءِ إِن كُنْتَ مِنَ الصَّادِقِينَ Tell your Lord to drop upon us the sky if you are truthful. This logic is very faulty by the way. They're saying, if you're truthful, tell your God to punish us. What should you be saying? Tell your Lord to guide us if you're truthful. Isn't that a logical statement, guys? If you're truthful, what should the dua be? If you're right, tell your Lord, tell your Lord to guide us. If you're right, you don't tell the Lord to punish you because at that point you're just dooming yourself. You're setting yourself up. But that's what happens when a person becomes arrogant. No matter how many proofs you present to them, they're just not interested. Abu Jahl comes to the Prophet ﷺ and says, Tell me what's in my hands and I'll become Muslim. What does he say to the Prophet? Tell me what's in my hands and I'll become Muslim. The Prophet ﷺ says, If I guess what's in your hand, you might say it was a lucky guess and you won't become Muslim. 
So how about you put the stones that are in your hand next to your ear and they'll tell you who I am. And he puts the stones next to his ears and the stones are saying, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh. But still, was Islam open to him? Was he open to Islam? You know, when a person becomes arrogant, you can give them a million proofs, but those proofs are meaningless to them. Ultimately, um, Shaib finally made dua against his people. Because their corruption had grown. They had threatened the life of Shaib and the few believers that were there. They had become very aggressive and abusive. He made dua against them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran the dua of um, Shu'ib alayhi salam. He said, Ya qawmi a'malu ala makanatikum inni amilun sofa ta'alamun. Oh my people, do whatever you're doing in your place. I'm going to do my, I'm going to do what I do. You do what you do. Sofa ta'alamun. Very soon you will know. Man yatiha adabun yukhzihi wa man huwa kathib. You will very soon know who is afflicted with a disgracing uh, punishment, and who is the liar? I wait, so you wait along with me. Now the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes. How does the punishment come? They suffered from a great heat first thing. There was this heat that came and it just ate them up. Their wealth was destroyed. You know, They became very weak. Their water dried out. And then what happened was, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent them a cloud. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to as فَأَخَذَتْهُمْ عَذَابُ يَوْمِ الظُّلَّةِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ عَذَابُ يَوْمٍ عَظِيمٍ أَصَابَهُمْ عَذَابُ يَوْمِ الظُّلَّةِ وَهِيَ سَحَابَةٌ أَظَلَّتْهُمْ فِيهَا شِرَرٌ مِّنَ النَّارِ وَلَهَبٌ وَوَهْجٌ عَظِيمٌ That a, a cloud then came. And when the cloud came, they saw the cloud coming and they rejoiced. Yes, finally there's a cloud here, there may be some water in there. So when they came outside to stand underneath that cloud, instead of water, what came up? Flame came out of there, fire came out of there. And it came showering down. These people then ran inside their homes, and when they went inside their house, they ran inside their houses. When they reached there, what happened? What happened to these people? When they were in their houses, loud scream came, scream. And their ears blew out. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And the earth began to shake on them too. So punishment didn't come from one way, it came from all places. It came from the sky, it came from their hearing, it came from the ground. And then what happened to these people? Ultimately, they were all destroyed. And all that wealth that they cheated for, that they disobeyed Allah for, lied there. It was still there. It was of no use to them at all. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention, mention of this. He says, Ka'allam yaghno fiha. Um, that nothing came, in ha- nothing came in handy When the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes There's nothing that can save you from that punishment We pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes us from those Who are truthful and honest Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects us and preserves us from his punishment May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us content with little that is halal May he allow us to be witnesses against ourselves if it means to be saved from haram. May He, through His divine intervention, save us and our progeny from haram, no matter where we go. Sometimes you might be turned on from a job and it might hurt you. But Allah knows that job would harm you. You would lose honesty. 
Ya Allah, protect us. Ya Allah, safeguard us. Never make us muhtaj and needy in front of anyone. Ya Allah, never make us spread our hands in front of anyone. Ya Allah, we will ask you, and we ask you from your divine uh, treasures, shower us, make us mustaghni, make us independent from the creation and mankind. Wa sallallahu ta'ala wa sallam Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.